welcome back to Tunes Tunes Podcast. I'm your host, Harold. As always, you can follow us on social media. That's Tunes Tunes Podcast, T-U-N-E-S slash T-O-O-N-S. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. Well, we've got the Caleb Masters back in the house, our favorite film critic from the cinematropolis.com. What's up, my guy? Hey, Harold, how's it going, man? Uh, long time no see. Last time we talked was right before the world practically ended, uh, yeah. talking about My Hero <laughs> Academia movie, and it was great, it was fun, and then all of a sudden the world changed forever. Uh, man, it's really good to see you and, and talk with you again. How are you? Yeah, dude. Yeah, doing well. I mean, I forgot about that. Yeah, we went and ate at Cajun Corner right before. Yeah, it was like we were all like, huh, oh, there's this thing that's happening <laughs> overseas. They're saying it's there's some cases in the U.S. Maybe that's true. I guess yeah, so we should probably crazy. start thinking. We were like, maybe we should think about it, but not like really at the time. You know? So I and, forgot about that. Yeah, that's nuts, man. Yeah. I think it was like oh, probably like I feel, I feel like it was like two or three weeks before stuff started shutting down. So um, yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, but it's so it's been a minute, but uh, good to good to be on the podcast. Thanks for inviting me back. Yeah, man. Um, we can just get right into it. I uh, got this idea. I'd listened to, you know, you know Mike Anderson pretty well. Uh, I'd listened to his podcast, and they did this really cool thing where it was like a you pick Snick. So it was all like Nick shows that you pick uh, that they used to do back in the day with like Stick Stickly and all that. It was like super retro and like throwback, like nostalgia. I was like, wow, that's awesome. And I was like, man, I would really like to do that with Toonami. I want to do that with, like, some of the Cartoon Network shows. Like, I have several ideas of, like, things we could do that for. But essentially what they did was, like, pick their own block and, like, program, like, their dream block. If they could pick the five, like, five shows to show in a block, what would they be? And so I was like, man, you know, I know I know Caleb has feelings on this. So I'm going to get him in and, you know, hear what his picks are. Does that sound fun to you? Oh, dude, you know it always sounds fun. Any chance to talk about some nostalgia cartoons that I think are actually still pretty great, I'm I'm all there. Yeah, man, for sure. Well, let's get right into it. You're, uh, you're, you're coming home from school. You know, the, the times are nice. I'll set the scene. It's, it's 2005. You have no care in the world. Toonami clicks on. What's the first show that starts? Well, it's 2005, but I'm cheating because I'm pulling from pretty much every or any era of Toonami, oh, yeah. <laughs> which starts like in the late 90s, and I think it's actually still going on today. So, um, yeah, so I'm cheating in there a little bit, but uh, 2005. Hmm. All right, so I'll start things off uh, with Samurai Jack. And this is a really interesting one because, of course, the show released in 2001, um, and it was—I don't think it was actually on Toonami initially for several years. It wasn't until they started doing reruns, like almost 10 years after it stopped airing, that they put it on Toonami, and that's how they figure out they're like, "Huh, uh, adults really like this show." Like the the demographic was sticking around. That's I think that's part of what really got them you know, inspired to re bring the series back in 2017 for the adult swim friendly version, which was also uh, technically a part of the Toonami block. So yeah, Samurai Jack, man, um, I love it. I think it's one of the greatest animated programs of our lifetime so far. And I know that sounds like hyperbole, but just the, the visual storytelling, the, the fact that you, you really don't need dialogue for that show to work at all. 
but the dialogue adds a, a good sense of humor to it. Uh, is is astounding. The style, you know, yes, it's based on samurai films, but also pretty much every episode is a different genre. It can swing back and forth from like, uh, it could be like a sci-fi movie. It could be a silent film. Um, you know, it could be a horror movie. Uh, there, Samurai Jack knows no bounds. And I, I think that they did a really, I think Gennady Tartakovsky did a really great job at establishing a, a world. Well, yes, it starts in a more somewhat fantastical, like uh, medieval Japan, where there were still samurai. But when you jump to the future, it's like a wild, wild west future where literally, it's basically a fantasy. And it, it, yes, it feels like a sci-fi most of the time, but also there's all this magic and fantasy elements they bring in. Um, so I, I just think it is an outstanding show. Um, I actually have been watching it, uh, rewatching it because it's on HBO Max, all five seasons. So I can sort of, you know, start that process in my 29-year-old self's body right now. Um, but I think that the same would be true for myself if we went back to, you know, 2005, uh, because that show was airing in the early 2000s and it was kid friendly, though. I think it has like a fine wine has only gotten better over the years. So Samurai Jack, number one pick, and I could literally watch it. I could just watch it. It's easy to watch. It's fun, <laughs> but it feels artful at the same. You know what I mean? It feels like a nice, fun light watch, yeah. but it also is very artful. Like if you really want to dissect it and really dive into the style and the influences, there's a lot there to talk about and look at. No, for sure, man. And we can't we can't talk about Samurai Jack without me giving a shout out to Jim Venable. We got to talk to uh, was the composer for that the the iconic soundtrack, man. And you talk about like the uh, the dialogue in that the 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 uh, voice acting stylings of uh, Phil Lamar and how he's like not even really used in that, which is crazy. Like I would get through an entire episode and be like, Oh, they have not said one word this entire episode. There's entire episodes built around the fact that it's all driven by like sound effects. And you might hear him like sigh or gasp or something like that, but he doesn't always say dialogue. But I think you mentioned Phil Lamar. That was a good casting choice because even though he doesn't necessarily talk a lot, when he talks, it like has weight. You're like, Oh man, this is business has gravitas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think Jim Venable's soundtrack, I mean, that the score for that uh, show is really exceptional. It's um, and again, I think it's just depends on episode to episode. But I, I think back about like uh, I think Jack versus like the four seasons of death or something like that, where each he there's like four mini vignettes within the episode and one the one yes, per season I love that. of the, like summer, winter, spring, fall, and uh, like the way he's able to use the music. The, the music is used in a way to to really set the tone. As much as the visual style, the music really helps you feel like you're in a different genre or a different time. It's very atmospheric in that way. Yeah, that what a what a interesting way to tackle that episode too. This is like a quote unquote kids kids show, and it's like what an interesting conceptual way to like try to you know illustrate this episode with like these four different vignettes, like you were saying. Like that is so interesting to me. Yeah, no, 100%. And, um, you know, like, again, it's just one of those things where I, I I don't know that Samurai Jack would have gotten made today. Uh, in fact, I have huge doubts that, that it would have gotten made today. But all that said, um, I still think that um, 
it holds a very valuable place in our canon of like pop culture. I think it's really inspired a lot of animators to push the boundaries of what they can do. And and I'll also say too, the the seriously the when they brought it back um, in, in 2017, a couple of years ago, uh, they made it more. They they really tailored what they already had, already built the foundation of for adults just by making it a little bloodier. And like, I kind of had Samurai Jack recon- have to reconcile with the fact that he's like. A killing machine you know there's a that that exploration of like the cost of violence and and what that's done to his psyche after you know what probably what was 20 years of him living in this future he's probably lived in that future longer than he ever lived in the past you know so uh really good stuff i can't say enough nice nice things about it but that no, would be sure, yeah. I, I that's an easy one i was trying to decide, decide if i wanted to start with that one or end with that one but i, I think i'll start with samurai jack because it'll get me all amped up yeah i can't go wrong either way for sure um Okay, so, you know, Samurai Jack's uh, credits rolling. You run and get your pizza rolls, your Dr. Pepper, uh, rushing back to your room. The next show is about to start. What is it? All right, so this one's to to add a little bit of levity here. Uh, it's it's still action-packed, but not actually action-packed. You just think it's action-packed because you're a kid and you don't know any better. Uh, I've got to go with Yu-Gi-Oh! Oh, oh, oh. It's time to do 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 It's actually, if you go back and watch it, it's a lot of standing around and people shouting and pointing it and stuff. It really is. Or, <laughs> or, or people flashing back to an earlier episode or memory they had. <laughs> like, as a kid, you're like, all oh, these monsters in this arena are battling. But no, no, son, it's a turn-based game. Like, they take turns. <laughs> it's not actually that action-packed. That's so true. I remember thinking, like, it was the shit when I was growing up, and then it's like, eh, it's kind of meh. Yeah, so it's one of those, like... Featuring my dogs in the background, sorry. <laughs> oh, good cameo from the dogs. Um, yeah, so um, I think Yu-Gi-Oh! is, I don't think it's good, and I haven't watched it in years, <laughs> but I like it so much. My, my memories of it are so fond that I, I'm going to protect that with my life. Uh, I'm going to protect the memories of my life and, and just pretend it's a good time. I kind of am tempted to go back and watch the Duelist Kingdom stuff. I really am. There are times I've thought seriously about it. But then I'm like, I love mm. that arc for sure. And I love the characters. I love Kaiba. I love uh, Yugi's kind of milk toast. Pegasus. Uh, but Pegasus <laughs> is a great bad guy. Yeah. I mean, all Yugi of it. Yugi boy. <laughs> Yugi boy. Yeah. That used to kill me, man. I'm like, God. His long hair. So extra. Oh, over the top. I love it. And then they had, and just like the theatrics of like the other people he dueled, like Bandit Keith, you know? Yeah. <laughs> And they're playing a card game, man. I'm like, come on. Like, why are we being so over the top like this? Yeah. No, I, no, no, no. I, I just, uh, <laughs> again, I, I, I think it's it's a silly, that's what I said, add some levity. Even though Samurai Jack's pretty lighthearted, generally speaking. Right. Um, I also think that uh, I, the, I, the things that are actually kind of bad I enjoy or they're kind of silly make me laugh. So, again, it's more like a guilty pleasure. But I'll say that show is really drawn out, man. It's really drawn out. Like, like it is. Like, I remember especially. Oh gosh, I'm just uh, reliving my Yu-Gi-Oh memories here. But I remember the Battle City tournament, Kaiba's tournament. 
I think it lasted something like if you actually watched it airing on television from the time they kicked off the tournament to the time they finally finished. I want to say it was like three to four years of television. And I'm not exa- I'm not exaggerating because there was a point like they so they had like the final they were on their way to the finals and they went to this huge like 20 some odd episode detour into this virtual reality thing. And it, I'm telling you, it was a little like 20 plus episodes that, that you were doing this thing that was and when you're watching this on TV, it's almost a year, you know, or at least Jesus. seven, you know, in eight or nine months. <laughs> it's like uh is that whenever they had like the they started getting like the tune the tune uh monsters and stuff uh the tune uh i can't remember if that was in that arc or not are you talking about the the tune cards like the yeah, tune blood yeah. i think that's it's, it remind me of, correct me if i'm wrong it's been a minute but i think those are pegasus's that what tune world was pegasus's card i think that was um yeah, yeah so no the the battle city happened after that so it's like after they beat duelist kingdom kaiba decides i'm gonna throw my own tournament to collect the egyptian <laughs> god cards <laughs> oh that's right it was like um what were those? Uh, it was like the three of them. Yeah, yeah. It's like the raw, uh, the obelisk, the tormentor, um, something yeah, like the, raw. The top names. Yeah. yeah, something raw, and uh, what was the, the the serpent thing? The red serpent thing with the multiple mouths. I can't yeah, remember his name. That one. Yeah, but yeah. So so basically, Kaiba's like, this is how much money Kaiba had to throw around because he's just he's just kind of a rich asshole. Um, <laughs> he was flexing. Dude. He, he's like. I need these three Egyptian god cards. Well, logically, the only way for me to get these is to lure the people with the cards out by throwing the world's biggest tournament. <laughs> so, oh yeah, it's silly. It's ridiculous. It's super slow paced. And half of it's literally, if you, I would love to time it, like how much of the time is actually spent internal monologuing. <laughs> uh, it's worse than Dragon Ball Z, I would argue. But I I, I would definitely, if I'm, if I'm doing a Toonami remake and or i'm tra- time traveling back to 2005 Yu-Gi-Oh has to be a part of that conversation i love it man Ugh, it's so bad but we can't we can't we just can't get rid of it it's no. always going to be there i That's i need crazy. to find out if they've gotten to the point where they've reached the creative bankruptcy where they're now doing like the interdimensional like oh this is just our reality if we use this this one magic card we'll cross into uh, the the reality that has yugi moto in it or some crazy the stuff. shadow realm or some shit like that <laughs> yeah, yeah. God, that's so corny. I wouldn't put it past you. They're probably going to hear this and be like, oh, it's a good idea, Caleb. Let's use it. Oh, man. That's yeah. funny. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's good stuff, though. So, yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh! would be up there. Uh, You know, so the next one... Okay, I know what I'm going to end on. So that makes the next one a lot easier. Uh, my next one is going to be the Bloodbath show. The Bloodbath show is Helsing Ultimate. It's time for Helsing to take center stage. The final two episodes of Helsing Ultimate. The beginning of the end starts next Saturday at midnight. Any last requests? Only Toonami on Adult Swim. Harold, have you ever heard or watched Helsing Ultimate? I've heard of it. I actually didn't watch it. It was on Toonami? Uh, it was, uh, according to Wikipedia, uh, at one point on <laughs> Toonami. <laughs> You gotta go by the wiki, baby. I, we live and we live and die by the wiki here on Toons Toons Podcast. Listen, I named five. I could come up with five shows, but I always check because I'm like, hey, is there something I'm forgetting? I want to make sure I'm not missing anything. So I went right. down there and they had a full list. Like they had it broken down by year. Um, I want to say, let me look here. It looks like Helsing, Helsing Ultimate aired in 2014 as part wow, of the Toonami blog. Okay. Yeah, it was like a, a. So I guess it was a little bit after. I started. I was watching Toonami still, but hey, it's on there. 
Yeah, it's on the list, and that's the thing. I haven't kept up with Tsunami. <laughs> I, I mean, I got back on that train whenever Samurai Jack, the new seasons were coming out, but that was 2017. Right. So, yeah. yeah, there's several years I didn't catch it. Uh, now, Helsing Ultimate, for, for listeners out there who might not be familiar with it, it is an anime uh, about vampires, uh, specifically Dracula, but like set in a more modern time. And listen, guys, I'm not going to pretend that there's a there is a story that involves uh, Nazi vampires. So I guess you could call it hashtag relevant in 2020 if you wanted to uh, <laughs> Nazi vampires. He wants Dracula's powers, sort of. So uh, he's a freaking killing machine. It, it is one of the bloodiest animes I have ever seen in my life. Now, I haven't seen every anime. There may be some out there that are more violent. And I wouldn't be surprised if the creators of this show went on to make something more gruesome. But I'm telling you, I'm talking when you talk about raining blood, every episode is basically Dracula fighting a dude and and they like beat the shit out of each other and blood sprays everywhere. <laughs> the screen over the bodies, people die like everywhere. It's crazy. It Jesus. is madness. And I guess, and again, I don't know the full story. I probably should have taken a closer look at um like research the the production history. But the thing I remember about Helsing Ultimate was actually, uh, I didn't watch it on Toonami, but I had a, a roommate in college who got me into it. And I think what was interesting was that they only, they only I think there's only like something like 10 to 12 episodes, something in that ballpark. And they would only put out like one to two a year because I guess it was like a passion project for the creator or whatnot. So like it, I spent probably about three years of, of my college career just waiting around for new episodes of Helsing <laughs> Ultimate to come out. But every time one came out, we'd get together in the living room, we'd turn it on and eat popcorn and stuff. Well, I mean... It was an I, event. It, it was an event, and it was blood. I mean, I can't articulate how gory this is. And again, I don't think it's like... It's not like realistic gore. It's more like your over-the-top, like, Mortal Kombat-type gore. So, um, But it's a fun time. It was a fun time. And you're just there. You're just there to see the, the the blood raining to get your adrenaline just just shooting through the roof, and and you're also probably laughing at how over the top the violence is. Uh, but um, for those things, I can't recommend it highly enough. <laughs> I love it, man. Yeah, I, uh, it's always funny because like you know, I started I started the show talking pretty much predominantly about anime, and for someone that hosts a show about anime, I really don't watch that much anime. <laughs> Wow! Spoiler alert, Harold! I you've know. conned me this whole time. We, I know <laughs> everyone. Every t- it's like I feel like it's just like big stuff too. People are like, "Have you seen this?" And I'm like, "No," and they're like, "What the fuck, man?" <laughs> Dude, there's a lot of listen, listen. I, I've I've come to terms with the fact uh, as long as I've been doing film criticism or podcasts about pop culture in general, especially in 2020, there's just a lot of stuff out there to watch, guys. Right. There's a lot of stuff to watch. See, it's all about like where your priorities are. Like, do you want to watch true. a movie? Do you want to watch anime? And I'll tell you what, Harold, I love anime so much, but it does not always make the top of my priority list. So that's why when it does, I'm like super picky about what I watch. But then I'm like all in when I pick something. It's uh, most recently. Oh, boy, I'm getting off on a tangent. But most recently, I watched Castlevania and then oh, um, stuck with the vampire theme. I, I did, which, by the way, that's not I. some anime fans would argue it's not real anime because it's not from Japan, but it's very it's anime, anime adjacent. Sp- Inspired, yeah, like more so than like Avatar: The Last Airbender or anything. It, it's it's like the, the art style and everything looks lifted directly. Like it looks like it's been produced in Japan, For even sure. if it hasn't. So anyway, uh, but yeah, vampires. Um, also working a little bit on Brotherhood, uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, which almost made this list because um, it's also on HBO now. But anyway, fourth show, fourth show. Um, show number four. What show we got? Four. Now, this is not going to come to any any surprise of uh, your listeners out there if they've caught me on before. 
But this one's pretty straightforward. I just watched a vampire just straight up murder probably dozens of people with at least one person in an especially gruesome manner. So I, I need... I'm like, yeah, I've, I've, I've gotten the, the demons of nihilism and senseless violence out of my body. So I'm like, all right, I'm, I've seen that. Let's go on to something a little more wholesome. So I've got to pick My Hero Academia, of course. This world is a superhuman society with about 80% of the population possessing some uncanny ability called a quirk. Heroes fight against villains who abuse their powers for evil. It's no surprise the heroes became our champions. My name is Izuku Midoriya, and I've always dreamed of being a hero. So I enrolled in the prestigious UA High School. My friends and I are working hard toward a shared goal, facing every challenge that comes our way, and saving people with a smile. They're like the X-Men, but anime, and I mean, not it's like Harry Potter meets X-Men, sort of, uh, which are two of my favorite things. So, uh, yeah, I love, I love My Hero Academia. It always makes me happy. Like I just watch it and the characters are so sweet and they they're goofy, they're lovable. I just it, it really puts me in a good mood. So coming off of Helsing Ultimate, which is just again, lots of fun, but it is senseless violence, no question, to violence that has sense to it. These characters are fighting for good. <laughs> violence with the purpose. I love with it. With a purpose, that's right. Um but it's kind of a nice balance when I think about it. It's kind of a nice balance between Yu-Gi-Oh! and Helsing Ultimate, because it does have uh, it has certainly has a lot more action than uh, Yu-Gi-Oh. There's a lot of uh, character. I mean, I think the characters are much better. Pretty all around, I think it's better than Yu-Gi-Oh. But the thing that I'm, it's the middle ground is they do do a lot of recapping and reflecting on their past, and they do that a lot. In my hero, classic Academia. anime tropes. Very anime tropes, and normally those tropes drive me crazy. But the they're just really good at writing it because a lot of times they do it in a way, even though I feel like I've seen that same flashback literally 10 times, um, <laughs> they'll, they'll frame it in a way that feels different based on the scenario they're in. So then I'm like, I get the feels and I get all emotional and I'm like, uh, and I'm like, Todoroki. Oh my God. <laughs> Todoroki is my guy. He's awesome. Oh man. Yeah. I, I, I love that show. It's one of the best animes out there right now. Again, uh, having just confessed that I don't watch tons of anime, but, um, Every episode puts a smile on my face. I can't wait to see what happens next. Uh, I really need the dubs to come out on Hulu so I can watch those for season four. For sure. Because um, I have caught up with all the dubs that are on Hulu currently. So I'm just waiting for those new episodes to drop so I can binge through that new season. But uh, it's, yeah, yeah, My Hero Academia. I've talked about it at length on the show before. We've talked about what two yeah we've talked about two or we, think, we talked yeah. About, yeah, we've, we've talked at least you and i on, on a podcast one or another my podcast years have talked about the movie oh uh, the yeah first that's right movie. i think we did both we did, did both, we both? Mine did we both. Did. me and you were on my show to do both movies i think oh that's right that's right we did it twice yeah Man, that was fun because it was two different movies <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, but yeah and so yeah my hair academia it's good stuff guys it, it, seriously especially right now the world's kind of crazy and i don't want to like take us down that negative rabbit hole but look for something positive in your life this Yay. is a good anime that'll put a smile on your face great, and, and great and characters great villains the, <laughs> and you re, re, it'll reinstate hope in other humans very quickly for sure yeah like i was saying it's like it's just good like you were saying great writing and I was gonna say it has great, great uh, characters, great villains, great story arcs, great redemption arcs. Like, it's just a good anime, man. So I love that pick. I I endorse that pick. You didn't need me to endorse it, but I I uh, I'm Harold's story, and I approve this message. <laughs> 
time. I'm going to I'm going to edit that out of this MP3 and and place it on every beginning of every podcast I ever do. Uh, <laughs> Isolate <it's>, that. <laughs> Isolate it. Harold's story <laughs> approves of the mess. Okay. Um you know, and I think this too this actually makes uh for a really good bridge for my next pick. Uh because uh, oh, firstly, one last thing about My Hero Academia. I think uh, I think the way it utilizes the tropes of both superhero and anime uh, feels really unique. That's all I'm going to say. It's, oh, it's, yeah. That's it's true. not been done that way before, at least as true. far as I can tell. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so take me to the last pick, though. Yeah, so My Hero Academia is a good bridge into my last pick, which is Justice League. Batman. Superman. Wonder Woman. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. Wait, he's very fast. Yeah. The world's greatest team of heroes has finally come home. Home sweet home. Tsunami presents Justice League, premiering Monday, June 2nd at 5. Not so fast. All them heroes is in the house. Just watch. So, uh, Harold, I do have a podcast, and I'll plug it at the end, uh, called an animated discussion that I like. I co-host with Joshua Unruh, and we're going through episode by episode of Batman the Animated Series. Originally, now we're on to Superman, and we're doing the Batman the Animated Series redesign. Eventually, one day, we'll get to Justice League. Now, I, I have to pick, I, I just I, I looked at the list. They have, as far as I can tell, they had almost all of the DC animated universe. They had uh, Batman the Animated Series. They had Superman the Animated Series. They had Batman Beyond. Uh, and then, of course, Justice League. So I had to decide which one to pick. I picked Justice League because that's the one, and this ties into my first pick, too, for Samurai Jack. The most, the fondest memories I have of Toonami was every night, I think I was in the 7th or 8th grade. I ha- it was part of my ritual. Five nights a week, I'd do my home, I'd eat, come home, I'd eat dinner, and then I'd go to my bedroom, I'd do my homework, and then right about the time I'd finish my homework, I think it was 8 o'clock, I think, They'd start airing, I think it was Samurai Jack first, followed by Justice League. And I did that for a couple, I think as long, I mean, I did it for, it felt like a couple years, but it was at least a good year that I did that, seemed like almost every weeknight that I could. Uh, So lots of fond memories. And here's the thing about Justice League is I think it represents, by and large, the best parts of all those shows I just mentioned. Uh, It really brings all those shows into one kind of climactic final series you've got plot threads from batman the animated series and superman the animated series and even batman beyond that pay off in justice league while it also still like has its own storylines its own new characters it's when you know wonder woman and martian manhunter and and green lantern um all of them show up uh sorry john stewart green lantern to be specific uh that's when they all kind of show up so my investment, Justice League really paid off on my investment in all of those other shows. I loved all the other ones. It brought it all together. It was a great show on its own, but also, especially when you get to the Justice League Unlimited years, you're like, holy cow, you mean all the stuff I've been watching for like 10 years has actually been leading to something? I had no idea. <laughs> nice payoff on it. Yeah, and it was like crazy stuff that you wouldn't expect, too. Uh, I mean... I guess it's sort of spoiling the animated series, but like Superman, the animated series actually ends on a super downer. Like he, he had uh, been brainwashed by dark side and he attacks planet earth. So the end of the series is earth does not trust him at all. Like they think he's a criminal. Like, so like uh, so justice league uh, by and large is him. Like is twofold things. One, it's Superman trying to regain the trust of earth one, but two, especially when you get to justice league, Unle- uh, justice league unlimited, you find out that the government because of his attack on earth has been building all these crazy super weapons in preparation for his next attack. And it's like, Oh, Whoa! Dang, yeah. forgot you know, about that. That's sick. 
anti-Superman yeah. rounds. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know that's that sounds like super comic book tropey, but just the way they kind of do it really subtly, it it yeah, it just really pays off. And and in my mind, uh, and I know of course, I you know my first interaction with with most of the, most of those characters was through these cartoons. So of course, in my mind, they are going to be the definitive version. But I think, as far as I can tell, these are the best versions of the characters I've seen in any media. Um, you know, I love. I love Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight movies. They're kind of their own thing. I, I really like the Tim Burton movies. I th- and I even the, the the Joel Schumacher movies. Joel Schumacher, may he rest in peace. Um, I love his bat. I, I I like things about his Batman movies that are ridiculous. Um, but I feel like what they did, the, the way that Batman the Animated Series, Justice League, they, they bring all these versions together that in a way that feels like the truest to the character. Now I'm saying this as a person who has read. A very, I would say, much more than average amount of Batman comics, but certainly not Joshua Unruh, my co-host on the show, nowhere near his level of Batman knowledge. Comic so, book scholar, exactly. So I would say, like in the world of like your average Joe, I'm a I'm a diehard like DC fan. In the world of like comic book enthusiasts, I am like as casual as they get. So right. um, <laughs> filthy casual status. I feel that man. I feel it. Yeah, yeah. So as far as a filthy casual uh, for for DC Comics goes, those versions of the characters <laughs> feel like they, they 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 feel like the most definitive versions I've experienced in my life. Those are the character. You know, when I read when I do read the comics, I hear those voice actors in my head playing the character. You know, voice like playing the characters in the comics when I'm reading it. So I just think it's a really exceptional show. And I'll also say this, too, and I could go on about this show uh, all day long, of course, uh, Justice League. Um, it really does age up a little bit. Like, uh, again, all the shows are kid-friendly, but Justice League tackles, I wouldn't say darker themes necessarily as, mu- as much as it, it, it tackles more mature themes or, or it handles them in a more mature way. And I, I want to distinguish those two because I don't necessarily think darker equals more mature a lot of times, more mature theme, like more adult-oriented themes, tend to be darker. But I don't think that those are, you know, intertwined. You know, so uh, I think that the, just the way that they tell the story and the themes they're exploring are more complex than what you got with the others. So um, it's great stuff. And they also, by the way, DC. I don't know why they can't get their cinematic universe figured out because they actually did the exact same thing Marvel did twenty years before Marvel did it with the MCU. They did it on television. They did. Um... I was going to say, also makes total sense that you would love these shows back-to-back because Phil Lamar voiced uh, Green Lantern. Yeah, man. I never thought. I guess I never thought about it when I was a kid. It was the Phil Lamar Power Hour. Yeah, Samurai man. Jack, <laughs> followed by some Justice League. Yeah. Oh, man. And I love I love what they do with Jon Stewart in that, in that He's show. He's so good in that. I loved – like, that show made me love Green Lantern. Like, I really never thought about him before then. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's so many different versions of Green Lantern. They they didn't have to go with John Stewart, but they kind of I, I kind of like they did that. He kind of, he really kept people grounded in a way. Um, I mean, he, he kind of kept the, the league grounded in a way that I don't think you know Batman even did. You know, because he was I don't know. Again, he was just more like he very strategic. Very he needed tangible results again with his military background. Everything had to have like clear outcomes and plans and structure. Right. Um, so we really kind of kept, uh, he was always playing like, kind of like the hard ass, but like he was basically playing 20 questions. Someone would come up with an idea. He'd be like, wait, that's stupid. Why would we do that? You know, like <laughs> it was great. It was great. Cause he kind of held the other members accountable and it, it led to some great chemistry. And, and also they did some really cool stuff, uh, romance between him and hot girl that I thought was, uh, was pretty cool too. So I was a big fan of that as well. So I agree. 
Yeah, but uh, okay, I'll stop talking. And yes, shameless plug. If you want to hear me talk about all of those cartoons at length, check out the an animated discussion with me and Joshua Unruh on Apple Podcast or your preferred podcast app. And we'll get to Justice League one day. Yeah, <laughs> you just got to work through it all, baby. Um, that uh, Well, that rounds out your five, man. But uh, you had mentioned earlier you had some uh, honorable mentions. Yeah, okay. Picking just five was impossible. So here, here's the thing. These are, these are shows I all like for different reasons. But I don't think I would include them in my Toonami block, and here's why. First up, Star Wars Clone Wars. Um, uh, not good one. Good one. Specifically, I didn't realize this. Uh, firstly, there's two different Star Wars Clone Wars shows out there, so I want to I want to distinguish which one I'm actually talking about. Star Wars, the 2D animated show, as far as I can tell, was never on Toonami, which is weird because it feels like it should play on Toonami. And that was the one that aired back in 03 huh. and 04 between episodes two and three. As right. far as I could t- as far as I could find on the internet, it was not part of Toonami, though it feels like it fits right in with the Toonami yeah, yeah, style. Sure. Yeah, that's what um, I'm thinking. Coming, like what? Right? Coming from Unity Tark- Tartakovsky. So if that was the one, I, I might have put it in there, but it alas appears that it was not uh Toonami as part of the Toonami block. However, to my surprise, I found out the 3D animated show that started in 2008 that recently just concluded on Disney Plus um, was on Toonami, and I absolutely love this show. Now, it, it starts off, this is the one that you know, features uh, Ahsoka Tano, Anakin Skywalker's Apprentice, and I have to admit that the, the, first, the launch movie is not very good. The first season, mm, you can skip most of it. Like I'll, I'll give you, I'll, I'll send you a list of like the four or five episodes you should catch. Again, I don't think it's totally trash. But if I want someone to get into the show, I'm not going to show. There's only like a couple episodes from season one that I'd be like, this is a good one for you to watch because it. And even season two, season two gets consistently better. But I don't like that show. Really hits, starts hitting home runs consistently in season three. And when I say home runs, I mean this show has some of the best Star Wars stories ever. Like I just bar none. Like I think that they I I don't hate the prequels as much as a lot of people. Um but what they do on that show is they add tons of death and and, wor- and uh, world building and um add more dimensions to the characters and they really in a lot of ways save Hagen Christensen's really bad performance like by <laughs> casting a totally different actor like because it because like the way they write Anakin in the show is like hey competent writers actually wrote this character to understand what George Lucas was trying to do um and it really enhances not just the prequels but I would say all of Star Wars but especially the prequels um it's a great, great show. Again, uh, it, it it got canceled prematurely, uh, I think, back in 2012, whenever Disney bought uh, Star Wars. And then uh, through the, the fates of capitalism and Disney needing new content for Disney+, Plus, they brought the show back. Uh, it was for resurrected. A, it was resurrected, like something like six years after it had been pulled off the air. And uh, I'm very thankful because it was a really strong, specifically the last four episodes the the kind of final arc was very very strong so i have to give a huge shout out to that it's available every episode is available on disney plus currently it i again i don't when i think about the show i don't really think of it as part of toonami because i don't know i just i, I think I, I don't know i'm trying to remember how i watched i think i bought the blu-rays uh after the sh- every season w- was done at least initially um so it's a it's definitely one that i think is worth your time if you're a star wars fan uh and I know some people don't like that animation style, but I'm just going to, I'm going to insist it's worth it. Just stick with it. Just stick with it. Skip season one and actually reach out to me, <laughs> either reach out to me and I'll give you a recommended list of, of episodes to watch in what order. 
because that's the other thing. Some of the the chronologically is uh, the chronology is it's not consistent. Like there's the episode stories are out of order, which also gets kind of confusing. Or you can just go look up. There's some great resources out there you can find for like recommended episodes to watch and what order to watch them in. So check it out. Star Wars: The Clone Wars, great show. Bow it. All right, this next one's these next two are guilty pleasures. One of them is a guilty pleasure I would still watch today. One of these is one that I think might be unwatchable and it breaks my heart. So oh my which one God. do you want which one do you want to hear first, Harold? I want to save the best for last. So let's do the unwatchable one last. Oh, I'm not, okay, unwatchable one last. All right. So that that means that my guilty pleasure, Jackie Chan Adventures. Oh okay. my God. I love that show with the Talos it's Jackie. It's the it's I, listen, I watched this show again in college. And it is the most formulaic <laughs> freaking so show bad. you can imagine. I know. It's not good. It's what not was the, but I, Jade? I, is that the niece? Yeah, Jade's the niece. And they have Uncle One More Thing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he did the same spell for everything. Do my boy boy fight these out. Oh gosh, wow. I didn't thought about that at all. Yeah, do Oguego five it's out. I think that's I think that's how it goes. And yeah, and it's literally the same spell every single it, time. It was like that spell was like ketchup. It went well with everything. Oh man, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was that, and yeah, every episode's a different talisman. And once they got done with the talismans, it was a demon box thingy. And then once they got done with the demon box thingy, they uh, did the ta- oh no, they did the talismans again because like someone destroyed the talismans, so they had to go find animals that had the talismans' powers. Oh my god, um, I know they had to. They're like, oh shit, we uh, we didn't have enough continuity. What do we do? <laughs> We're out of episode ideas, guys. Well, that's that, that first arc that, about the talismans was a pretty good we gotta one. Get the, uh, we got to get the Alolan talismans now. So do you want to know a fun fact about that show, Harold, that I, I do. don't think a lot of people realize? I do, actually. Okay, so you know we know that they had the corner with Jackie at the end where you get to see Jackie fake working out in a gym, so he, and he takes a break and gives a good moral of the story for the kids or an it, inspirational word. Right. Um, which I love. Because, by the way, guys, I love Jackie Chan. I think he He's is awesome. He is one of the greatest action actors or and martial artists to ever live. And I, I don't say that hyperbole. Like, that man has done the unthinkable time and time again. And even even though he's getting older, he's still in his, like, I think he's, like, either pushing 80 or over 80. Like, he's around 80 years old. Jeez. But, but, I, but um, and he's definitely not got the moves like he used to. But he still moves really good for a dude who's around 80 years old. I'll, I'll just sure, say that. Yeah, man, for sure. Um, so big fan. So okay. So of course, yes. So you do see Jackie Chan in every episode, but here's a fun fact: the Jackie Chan does not voice Jackie Chan in that cartoon. I was literally just thinking that. I was like, did he do the voice? Like you? No. That's crazy that you said that because I was literally thinking like, I wonder if that was actually Jackie Chan. Who was it? Oh, dude, I don't even hold on. I'm gonna look this up now. That's okay, wild. Because it's not because it's another dude who actually does a bunch of voices in Avatar: The Last Airbender too. Oh. But I, I didn't realize this until I was I'd watched both of them kind of not consecutively, but within the same kind of period of time when I was in college, and I was like, wait a second, that's Jackie Chan. Wait, that's not Jackie Chan. That means that wasn't Jackie Chan in this show. What? Who is it? <laughs> Uh, so it's some other dude. I'll, I'll, I'll get the name for you. Uh, but yeah, um, I feel I felt kind of conned because I watched that show as a kid, thinking Jackie Chan voiced the character. Like, this is bullshit. I feel lied to, Jackie Chan. I mean, you didn't technically lie to me because you never said to the camera, "I don't voice that character." But I felt misled. I felt very misled. Um, yeah. So it looks like, oh gosh, yeah. There's the talismans. There's the chi magic saga gosh there's a lot of sagas in here wow um it looks like the main actor of hold on there's jackie chan is listed as a voice as a star but um 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. A guy named James C. I apologize huh. if I said his name incorrectly, but he's like, he voices a ton of stuff. Uh, yeah, he does. It looks like he does some stuff in Kung Fu Panda, Lesson, uh, Legends of Awesome, uh, Awesomeness. Uh, yeah, check him out. He does a lot of like dubbing, though, as far as I can right tell. On. That's so um, funny. I was literally just thinking that whenever you said that. I was like, I wonder if that was him. That is funny as hell. Yeah, Jackie Chan, you disappoint me. But that said, if you put that up, if they if you put that show on, you better believe oh, I will it. absolutely watch it. Oh, it's I'll great. watch it. Jackie. <laughs> All right. So Harold, that takes me to my last okay. honorable mention. Let's get this bread. Uh, what is this? What is this, this guilty? This pleasure? kills me. I, I just I, I just have to tell you this is this breaks my heart because as a child, this was literally one of my favorite things to watch. Um when I was a kid, I didn't watch now I didn't watch it on Toonami, but I did watch it. Uh, and it was on Toonami, confirmed. Okay. I used to get up at 6.30, uh, or no, it was at 6. It was really early in the morning when I was getting like 6 o'clock every morning so I could get up before breakfast to watch Beast Wars. Okay? Dude, I watched the shit out of that. It's such a great show. It is. Oh, it's so good. That animation does not no, hold up. No, no, it doesn't. And that's what, <laughs> that's what kills me because like when I read, you know, I, I, you go down the internet rabbit hole where you read about the storylines. Yeah, yeah, like, that's yeah. actually pretty cool. And then you turn on an episode and you're like, I can't. This looks like I, dog shit. It looks like a pre-alpha PlayStation Two game, and like the 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 <laughs> like the, 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 the like the lips don't ma- ma- match in any capacity. They don't pretend to match like the things they're saying. Like when they fall down like mountains and stuff, it looks like it. It's it is it is it looks like an abomination. Now, which pixel know- is falling down? I can't even tell. And listen, I know this was the this was the '90s. We were experimenting with CG, and honestly, in a lot of ways, it was kind of a trailblazer for that is animated true. cartoons. This, this and this and reboot was the for the front runners for CG. Oh man, reboot! I haven't thought about that in a while. That's a good one. I thought that was the one you're going to bring up because that one just looks atrocious. It, it was it was in consideration, but I didn't put it on there. That's so um, funny. But yeah, so it, it kills me because I I, I listen. This is gonna maybe upset some of your listeners. I'm not attacking anybody. Oh, I'm not gonna attack anyone who likes Transformers. I I'm not. I think it's a fun thing. It's a great piece of nostalgia for all of us. I own so many of the Beast Wars action figures, and I love it fondly. But I've kind of come to the conclusion that Transformers as a whole is just bad. Like, yeah, it's real bad. I, but I it's agree. fun. But it's fun. It is fun. So I don't want to like take away from that. No, it is. So, yeah. Uh, but Beast Wars, like it's like, the Beast Wars. They're like, hey, we went back and actually filled in all these like weird questions people had about the mythology, and I think it's kind of cool. They're like, oh, because of time travel, which happens to be one of my favorite sci-fi tropes. They actually arrived at Earth after Optimus Prime, the original, and the original Megatron had landed on on Earth. Like, but it was like prehistoric, and yeah. Anyway, um, I'm a big fan of the story, but. Yeah, the animation, and I've tried <laughs> Dude, a couple of times. More than one time, I've tried, and I could not get through a 20-minute <laughs> episode. I just, I was like, I, it's ruining, it's like literally taking a shit all over my fond nostalgia for Beast Wars. <laughs> Dude, it was. It's all, all of the episodes are on YouTube, I think. Oh, and really? I was watching some of them, and I was just like, man, this is so bad. But I think the, they, uh, the Decepticons say terrorize. I love that shit. Oh, man. And, yep. so terrorize good. it. It was uh man yeah and I love I love I remember Dinobot was like the weird tragic antihero character yeah, the raptor uh, and they and they even brought brought him back in the last season oh man see I'm he getting emotional awesome. just thinking about it I love Dinobot and yeah he sacrifices himself and the Megatron tries to bring him back 
Wow. And then he his goodness shines through, and he yeah. Anyway, it's a sad show. It it uh, but yeah, yeah. Dinobot was great. I thought the uh, yeah Megatron in that show was great. I love the T Rex and then, yeah. Optimus yeah. as the gorilla. God, the gorilla. I love that. Um, I loved Rat Trap, even though as a kid Rat I loved Trap. Rat Trap. <laughs> I loved Rat Trap as a kid, even though I think now I'd probably hate his guts. He'd probably drive me insane with that, he was bo- in that accent. That uh, Scott McNeil, I think he was in Gargoyles. Oh yeah, but he was for sure in Mummies Alive. I don't know if you ever watched that. I have not seen it Mummies was Alive. A horrible show, but he was in that show as well. Scott McNeil, he's got an iconic voice. I think is he plays um he plays uh in uh in Gundam Wing. Oh wait, seriously? He's um oh man, I'm the name's slipping right now. It's the American uh, du- uh duo Maxwell. Oh, dude. I'm okay. pre- I think that's Scott McNeil, if I remember right. I'm going to go back and check this out because, I mean, now, now I'm just going to hear Rat Trap every time I watch Gundam Wing. Though. Rat Trap. <laughs> yeah, let me uh, – I think it's Scott – Scott McNeil, I think, is the guy's name, the voice actor. It's like, why is this rat – why does this rat have a Brooklyn accent? I'm not sure, but <laughs> I <laughs> – but rats – I guess there are rats in Brooklyn. Yeah, uh – yeah, Scott Beast Wars, McNeil. Transformers, and Mobile Suit Gundam Wing. And in Inuyasha? What? Whoa. And in X-Men Evolution. Oh, shit. Wait, who is he playing X-Men Evolution? I don't know. I'm, let me look at it real quick. Oh, dude, I love X-Men Evolution. I, I think was it's... the freaking uh, Nightcrawler with the watch. Oh, I love oh, that shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was great. I love the I love the way they built that whole show. I love the way that it's... I love the way that it built up to Apocalypse, like, throughout the whole show. Like, it was a, it was a slow... Like, they had... Of course, they had, like, every season kind of had its own, like, arc that was pretty cool um but but like the super slow low-key burn was they were building up to apocalypse throughout the whole show it was really great no for sure man who was and then it ended like a season before they wanted it to and they had to like write the end cram the last arc into the last two episodes Uh, but hey it's okay it's okay i I hate when they have to do that shit yeah yeah x-men evolution i don't think i don't know i'm kind of curious i don't think i saw that i can't find it anywhere tsunami but uh it's a great show yeah, it said it at the top, but I don't see it on here now. Mm. And he was in Reboot? Holy shit. Okay, that's crazy. This dude was in everything, man. I knew that he was I knew that he was Duo Maxwell for sure, because I remember he played the American. He played oh, he played Wolverine in X-Men Evolution. What? Holy shit. Me? No, that's what it says right here. I just looked it up on Wikipedia. Okay. I'm I'm just gonna go back and watch X Men Evolution dude, now. Dude's fucking iconic, dude. It's I'm ready. Let's do it. I love that show. It's no, great. I, I love the shit out of that for sure. Um, well, Caleb, man, I appreciate you stopping by and uh, and you know curating that block for us. You know, giving us a peek into your taste and everything. Why don't you tell people where they can keep up with your projects, follow you on social media, all that good stuff. Yeah. Uh, so uh, again, Harold, uh, always a pleasure to to sit down and talk anime with you, man. It's uh, uh, always a lot of fun, and uh, I've been watching so many cartoons lately, just because it's, it's it's like a nice light escape from the real world. And uh, so just having, uh, in addition to being able to do that and having the time to do that, being able to talk with you about these types of things gets me real excited. So again, thanks for the invite. Um, people, if they want to keep up with me and my work, uh, I run a website called thecinematropolis.com. You can find us there. Uh, we're a website dedicated to film analysis and film critique, more in-depth. It's more about kind of like examining themes and um, the, or the filmmaking uh, of movies rather than just doing a simple review. We had, uh, so we, we recently uh, covered, did a pretty thorough rundown of the Dead Center 2020 Film Festival here in uh, Oklahoma City. Um, 
20th year it was a big year and it was remote it was a virtual festival but man i tell you what i i had i still had a great time even though i wasn't going out and seeing people out um almost like no tech issues so um hats off to everyone at dead center but if anyone uh, is at all curious about what we did related to oklahoma's biggest film festival we i mean you ha- we've got essays uh, i think we had something like six interviews on the cinematic schematic our podcast so you can check us out there uh so for uh fans of christopher nolan who are hotly anticipating tenant uh, his next movie, which we hope will come out sometime soon. We're not really sure because theaters are, are not opening up um, as planned. So fingers crossed we'll get to see his new movie. But another thing to note about Christopher Nolan is that uh, the movie Inception turns 10 on July 17th. And I, I, I mean, you're, I'm going to talk a lot of Inception on uh, a special 10th anniversary episode of the Cinematic Schematic Podcast, which you can find over at cinematropolis.com. So I'll, I don't want to tip my hand too much, but I'll just say this. That is a movie that that uh, hit me at a very uh, uh, vulnerable age in my life and really <laughs> inspired me. It really it genuinely inspired me to like want to pursue film criticism as a hobby, and I, which in a roundabout way is what got me into podcasting, and now I'm here talking to you, Harold. So, uh, you know, I'm really excited to be doing a 10th anniversary conversation uh, with, a, with, with a couple of my friends and, and uh, critics uh, here in Oklahoma uh, about the film, um, you know how that, uh, you know how that marked a kind of turning point for Christopher Nolan's career. Uh, how it really, I think, in some ways, shaped the like studio filmmaking for the better and the worse. So it's going to be a really in-depth conversation. Uh, Inception. Um, again, I, if you haven't seen it, 2010 Christopher uh, Christopher Nolan movie. I think it's currently on Netflix. Maybe it was. Uh, it anyway. was at least I watched it on there when it was on there. <laughs> yeah. So maybe maybe on Netflix. Uh, but yeah, check it out. Check out that movie. Check out our podcast, The Cinematic Schematic. That's going to be posting for the 10th anniversary on July 16th. So technically the day before. But if you know, if you're like me and you went to the midnight shows of stuff, technically the movie did come out on July 16th. So uh, anyway, super excited uh, for that. So again, you can find that over at thecinematropolis.com. If you want to keep up with us on social media, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cinematropolis. Uh, on Twitter at the Cinematrop, uh, and then me personally, uh, separate from Cinematropolis things, I'm tweeting about uh, films, video games. Just finished The Last of Us too, so went on a tweeting spree about that yesterday. Um, films, video games, television shows, just kind of whatever pop culture I'm consuming or thinking about at the time. You can find me over on Twitter at C Masters Talk. That's letter C Masters Talk. Right on, brother. Uh, and as always, guys, you can follow us on social media. That's Tunes Tunes Podcast. T-U-N-E-S slash T-O-O-N-S. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. Caleb, thanks again, brother. Appreciate you. Yeah. Uh, Harold, again, thanks again for the opportunity. And uh, listeners, thanks for tuning in. Hopefully we'll catch you again soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.